Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. Today I'm at the Basha United Church, sitting at the front of the sanctuary with Reverend Robin King, and we're enjoying a cup of coffee and sitting about eight feet apart in comfy armchairs. Each brought our own coffee. Just I want to be clear that we are not drinking coffee made by someone else. We're drinking. Can't be too safe. But it's been a little while since we've since we've done this, and it's been even longer since we've positioned the chairs up on the stage here so I'm kind of having flashbacks I feel like to the beginning of the pandemic when we first had to figure out can we safely do a podcast still how do we do it can we just maintain our distance and just the two of us meet at the church and have a conversation and then over the last well more than a year a lot of the episodes of this podcast have been done over zoom which has been Mm -hmm. actually kind of cool because it's opened things up to invite guests on the show that we likely never would have otherwise maybe thought about um, yeah, funny reaching how, out to. Funny how a crisis often opens you up to other opportunities, isn't it, Ben? Well, we've heard a lot about that this last year too, haven't we? That there have yeah. been little silver linings and changes that have come about and transformation and opportunities that wouldn't well, have otherwise and and, and the wisdom of thinking about what things do we want to carry forward Mm -hmm. and what things do we want to now looking back you know that that thing about back to normal things return to normal yeah well they're not going to return to normal first of all and secondly why would you want them to there's so many things that we maybe want to look at and go hey let's get rid of that and now let's do this yeah you know or that that was such a negative way of putting that um can we not grow out of that into something different yeah right we've learned some new things uh, we've learned appreciation for some new things, not to mention each other, um, from the, the the very fact that we like we're trying to distance and stuff. Um, what good things are we going to carry forward? Absolutely. And then on the flip side of that, you were also just mentioning just before we started this that um, you know some of the things that get put on pause during a pandemic are not necessarily always positive things, but things that are challenges or things that are needing our attention. Different other crises that get overshadowed by a pandemic. And then we're now at this point where the pandemic is starting to slow down. We're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to sort of be brought back to our attention that a lot of these other things that we might not have thought about as much over the last year are still there and still need to be worked on. We still need to um, give them our attention and work towards. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how we do that, isn't it? We're, we're we're so when somebody says things like this matters to me or wants wants something to stand out um because they're feeling like people aren't paying attention we're so quick to say well all of this matters too mm-hmm. um as if that somehow negates it or it it's not worthy of our attention or something and the thing about that is all of this stuff is worthy of our attention right right from the right from the start of the pandemic we were saying stuff like Oh, all of the things that are going on in the world right now, and now we have this pandemic to deal with, and it's it's the pandemic's going to be such a struggle. It's going to be, and we're struggling with, and yes, we are, yes, we are, but it's in a world context. There are other things that are struggling in that pandemic too, right? Mm-hmm. And it's those very things that we also then need to be keeping uh, our our in in at least in our attention, right? Um, you can't just kind of go, well, that's not important now. I'm not going to pay attention. Well, in some ways, the pandemic even accentuates or makes those 
other concerns even more heightened. So for example, we, you know, we still have refugee camps overflowing with, with refugees in various parts of the world. That hasn't all of a sudden gone away, even if it's not in the headlines as much. But the pandemic makes that problem even worse because they're not, ex they're not um, exempt from experiencing it as well. So the, the virus is going through these, right. these camps, right? Or yeah. uh, immigration issues or, um, you know, the minority groups that were already struggling with equality and justice. And then we find that those, some of those demographics are experiencing the, pen, the effects of the pandemic at even higher rates than the general population. So it, it, it's disproportionate and, and in a way draws more attention back to that issue, even though everyone's yeah. distracted with, with the virus and it's what's funny, going on. It's funny, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying. Let me say that differently. Trying really hard to listen to what you're saying when my mind wants to stay back on something you said probably like 50 seconds ago. Um, and that's ironic because I think one of the things we're going to get to at some point in this conversation is about how important it is to listen <laughs> to other people's stories because we have a tendency to not. We have, I'll say that differently. We have a tendency to hear but not listen. Um, or we hear in order to, we listen in order to respond, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you want to kind of split hairs between the hear and listen thing or define them differently somehow, they're probably not. They're probably the same thing. The point is we're not always listening to what we're hearing um, and, and I'm trying to understand it or take it in. We're simply trying to hold it out there so that we can respond to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Usually defend ourselves or express our own opinion in contrast to it. Right. Uh, or, or of it. Right. So we want to have our own way of rather than hearing actually what's being said. And that's, oh, that's such a, uh, it, we're going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to tell. The thing that caught my ear though, was when you use that expression, which is so powerful. Um, and I'm not suggesting that you used it in a dismissive way or anything, but we, we do use it as a way of dismissing, um, sometimes. And that's, um, not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, because we say the opposite of it in the hopes that it will. Right. Nothing goes away. It literally nothing goes away. It's once we've experienced it, it's with us. We we carry it. We hold it, um, and uh, y y nothing, nothing goes away. It changes. It evolves. It, it, it it'll be different, sure, but it doesn't go away. We we've talked about that in, in this podcast on a few different episodes in the context of loss and yes, grieving, especially around grief, right? Yeah. Um, is that, and that's why, that's why things, you know, 50 years later, something is so present is yeah. because it didn't go away because it ain't going to go away. It's part um, of you now. All it needs is a trigger to take you right back there and it's, it's still there. Mm -hmm. And so the issue isn't, the issue isn't waiting for it to go away. The issue is how does it become part of our lives? How do, how do we, how do we, inf how does it inform our lives? How do we uh, live our life with that? having to carry that with us. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, that's become, uh, just in the last week or two, that's come right to the front again oh, yeah. with a story about the Kamloops residential school. And, and that's the thing it's come right into focus again with, in fact, I've seen just the other day, I saw a headline that said how that story has refocused our attention on. Yes, it has. 
I feel embarrassed that we have to say refocused our attention on rather than mm. we still are paying attention to it. Yeah. But like it so many of those other things kinda, you're just talking about. We had kind of moved on. We had kind of start, started or, to... Or we stopped paying attention to it. Yeah. Um, we, and and that's, the thing about, that's the thing about saying things like voices that need to be heard. It's, it's not just the voices that need to be heard because they'd been silenced or not given an opportunity. The problem is the voices that have been heard that we didn't freaking listen to. Um, and that's like that. The Truth and Reconciliation Commission in Canada, um, the the uh, the the report of that and the recommendations from that. Um, and what have we done with that? I wish we had sort of audio in the background so that we could play crickets there. <laughs> we can add that um, because that's what we've done. We've done basically. And and the thing about that is, and I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing. I think I'm paraphrasing Martin Luther King here. Um, the 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 only thing that. The only thing that's worse than that, than, than actually actively hurting people is to ignore them, right? Mm. Um, and we may not be actively doing those horrible things that we did for so long, but we sure as hell aren't doing anything to fix it, right? And, and that's, that's, again, we shouldn't need to have it be brought back into focus by such a horrific incident. Uh, we should be learning. We should be... Um, we should be trying to uh, uh, find a way to heal. And, and the way to do that isn't through telling people how they should heal. It's through hearing their stories. I'm going to say that again with the emphasis on hearing their stories um, and uh, being whatever we need to be in order to help them and offering whatever help we can, um, whatever support we can. And yeah, the orange shirts are nice and the uh, the flags that have master uh, and like I'm not the only person who said this everybody I've seen this everywhere now those are all nice gestures so what are we going to do now and and it's just it's we I think we need to be past the point where we kind of go well the government has a it's not just the government that has a responsibility we all have a responsibility to make this different um, as a as a society, as a country, as a people, mm -hmm. um, we have a responsibility to make this different. It's a collective thing. Yeah. When, when you look at politicians, you're and and things that go back many years in history, and this isn't even that far back, but it's still like it's the people who made the decisions around residential schools are no longer in office. We have different elected officials now. And so there's this weird transfer of responsibility where we're holding, in quotes, the government responsible, even though yeah. it's different people. Yeah. But collectively, as a culture, as a society, as, as, as a country, as Canada, we all, we all should be sharing that and carrying the responsibility of that and wanting to... Yeah. Right, because you know, yeah, it's it's very easy to it's it's very easy to let go of our responsibility by saying, "Oh, the government needs to take care of that." Who elects the freaking government? If they're going to act the way they act because they're either afraid they'll get voted out of office or they won't get enough votes or how, what, if they're going to act the way they think they need to act in order to get elected, whose responsibility is that? It's mm -hmm. not theirs, it's ours, because we're the ones who are making sure that they can get away with that. And by, by electing them for not acting, or not electing them because they did, mm -hmm. right? And that's, yeah, that's the part where we, we as people, 
need to make that different. It's our responsibility. And there are lots of people who want to kind of go, well, it's not my responsibility. I wasn't alive then. The thing is, um, the last residential school uh, did not, I mean, for most people who are voting age, um, the last residential school closed in our lifetime. Yeah. Right? It's way more um, recent than people yeah, want and to believe. So this isn't about past history, just, yeah. about, just about past history. It's about history that we are still living. And, in fact, we'll be living a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about that is, the thing about that is that when it comes down to people, the people, not just governments, but to the people, um, there's a lot of division there. And, uh, and there's certainly lots of, it's, it's great, you know, we talk about Canada being the cultural mosaic, right? And all that kind of stuff, and we're so proud of blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's great, because diversity is awesome, but division is not, hmm. right? And having great diversity doesn't necessarily guarantee that everyone's okay with that great diversity, and particularly that everyone's okay with supporting parts of that diversity, Right. And that's where that's where we need to listen and hear and be open to more things. This. okay. so um, June is such a weird month uh, because with everything that's happening in the world, uh, it's Pride Month. And in Canada, it's National Indigenous History Month. Um, Throw in any of the other things that have happened, at least in North America, like like Juneteenth in the States or uh, the Tulsa race massacre um, at the 100th anniversary this year. Throw in things like that as well. And this is either a tough month to decide what to focus on or a time to go, why can't we talk about all this stuff? In fact, why are we why are we only talking about it in June? I, it's great to focus. Don't get me wrong; it's great to focus, but it's it's not it's not about you know either or, right? Yeah. Jesus, I'm I like to say Jesus is an and person, not an either or person, and that that the not a black and white. So so this Sunday this Sunday I I will admit I will admit right up front that. Um, because uh, because of the manner in which June is also kind of constructed for Sundays uh, on the church calendar, um, we have uh, we have a Sunday where we have an opportunity to focus on Pride. We have a Sunday uh, later in the month, um, a National Day of uh, Indigenous Day, um, where we have an opportunity on on the Sunday to focus on on that as well. Um, but it doesn't mean that we sacrifice one to the other, or that we go either or. We go we go. And uh, in order to, uh, I hope, help underscore that, um, I uh, decided to ignore the lectionary this Sunday and instead went with um, 1 Corinthians 13. And not because it's wedding season. <laughs> right? I mean, that's, if, you, if you recognize for one, 1 Corinthians 13, if you... If you recognize it just even from that, it's kind of like John three sixteen, right? Yeah. Uh, some it's people famous. recognize it right away. They know what that passage is. Yeah. If you don't, if you've been to a wedding in a church, the odds are you've heard it because it's a passage about love where Paul talks about, um, though I may speak with the tongues of men and angels, uh, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal, I think. 
Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Um, there's different versions of that now, the different translations and things, and some trying to be more contemporary than others. Um, but, but essentially, for a very long time, it was the go-to passage for weddings. Um, and even, you know what, even in the last few years where, um, at least I've noticed, and I'm sure this has been the experience of some others too, especially in rural ministry, um, there's been a move to have weddings uh, on the farm or in a park or somewhere outdoors that's nice or in a hall rather than at the church. And even in those circumstances where they'd like to have a sort of less religious but still kind of formal kind of wedding, um, people sometimes have a song or a reading um, that's not religious but echoes that same point that Paul is trying mm -hmm. to make, which, and, and at a wedding, okay, we're, we're at a moment where we're celebrating the love of two people, ideally celebrating the love of two people um, that has brought them to the point where they wish to make a commitment to each other. Um, and uh, that's great. What else are you going to talk about but love? And it's a great opportunity to remind people that there's more to love than just, you know, the romance and the happiness and yeah. the sex and the good stuff, right? There's more to it than that. There's... Uh, there's, there's these other important pieces that are, you know, when you're, when things are more difficult, when things are more challenging, that's, it's a great opportunity. And the only thing about that is that's not who Paul wrote this for. So he did not write it for happy couples about to get <laughs> married. He wrote it for a community that was struggling and was sure as heck not living the love of Jesus. Right. The current, the, the people of Corinth. The people of Corinth. Which is what He'd, the book's named after. The, the, essentially, I think uh, it's fair to say it kind of goes like this. Um, Paul had helped to establish a community uh, of the followers of Jesus, because they didn't call themselves Christians yet. Um, they, they, uh, there, was, there was Paul, he'd helped establish this community. And then at some point later, he heard either through a communication from them or somebody who'd been traveling that way and came to see him, told him stuff, he heard things were not going well. And so he wrote them. And uh, in fact, First and Second Corinthians is what we call it in the Bible, but the odds are pretty good. That was more than one or two pieces of correspondence. Mm. We just kind of stuck them all together. Um, but he wrote them in response to hearing things were not going well. People were not getting along. There was conflict. Um, there, was, uh, there, there was problems in the community because uh, it was a community. Corinth is a, was a particularly cosmopolitan city. It was on a trade route. And the people that would have been part of that community of followers of Jesus in the earliest days would have likely have been from different social standing, different economic standing for sure. Um, they might have been different cultures. They certainly would have been different genders. You see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Um, it's a microcosm of how we live as communities. It's a little mini Canada. Right? It's, <laughs> it, but but even, even just generally, when you're trying to create community, you're trying to create community amongst people who are not necessarily, well, not in any way possibly, exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Everybody's different and you're trying to create community and not, and community isn't just about, Oh, we all get along cause we all think and do the same things. It's about people feeling like they belong. Right. And that what they bring that nobody else does is part of the community mm -hmm. and what they get from the community is also equally valuable. Yeah. Right? Which is even, 
it's even more important when we have differences. Like it's easy right. to feel like you belong when it when that group of people is pretty homogeneous yeah. and everyone's kind of similar. It's, and, yeah. You know, you, that's where like in, in uh, junior high, you get these little clicks and the kid that stands out or is different is the easiest one to, to marginalize or pick on or bully because there's something different about them. Yeah, aren't we, we good at that? As yeah. humans, we are like these pack animals that kind of try to be the same, try to blend in, try right. to not be noticed. And Paul says, that's not love. That's not love. Thank goodness, though, the way he expresses that is he says, love is this, and then says, it's not this. Right. Um, and so at least he puts the positive stuff first. But the, the bottom line is that he was writing people who were not living love. And there's, there's, I think, a couple of ways you can look at that. One is they might not have been living the love of Jesus because they didn't really understand. Because by that point, all they would have heard is stories about Jesus. Right. Um, and like the, the, in fact... The Gospels wouldn't have been written yet. So they would have heard like oral stories. A couple hundred years after Jesus' death? or uh, and Within, well, within the, the four Gospels that we have in the Bible generally are thought to have been written between 60 and 110, I think. Okay. Um, so this is pretty I'm going to get recent. in trouble. I'm going to, you're going to get me in trouble here because I may not be exactly, and who agrees on any of this anyway, right? right. But it's but, in, but, generally pretty soon after but, Jesus' but death. But Paul... So when you when you look at the Bible and we go Gospels, letters of Paul, not all of which were by Paul either, by the way, um, it's it's likely that the letters predated the Gospels. Okay. Right, um, because Paul was out and traveling and doing his thing um, sooner. Right, and uh, and the thing is, um, he he tried to establish communities. Um, as as they all did, the, as the disciples did too, they tried to establish communities around this idea of like like on uh, the story of Pentecost, right? That that we share the story of Jesus and the good news of Jesus, um, the teachings of Jesus, and those stories would have been shared. The teachings would have been shared probably in stories of well, Jesus says, as well as telling when he said it and how he said it, telling the miracle stories. Basically, the way the Gospels evolved, right? Yeah. Um, but you would have been hearing that orally, and and so you could kind of you could go, well, maybe they weren't particularly good experiential learners, or good at learning from example, and maybe they just didn't understand. And so Paul goes, "It's this: love is patient and kind, and envies no one. It's not." Uh, rude it's not Doesn't you know boast. it's it's yeah. generous yeah you know it's all of this that the stuff and the so the thing is we kind of go so jesus says love everyone as i have showed you to love and it's great to say that but what do you mean by that exactly well here's an example of when jesus yes i get that but on a moment-to-moment -moment basis how does that work and so you look at Paul writing to the Corinthians and said, well, it's patience. It's about patience and kindness and openness. And, 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 uh, but, but the other, so the one thing is maybe they just didn't understand. The other is they're human beings, <laughs> right? I mean, we, we are so, we find it so easy as we grow, as we grow. And this is why the, the, the thing about 
coming to the kingdom of heaven as a child is so important mm-hmm. is to come with the wonder of a child, but not the childishness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the openness of a child, um, but not the foolishness, right? Um, so as, as we grow, we learn from experience that the world is often not a kind place, that the world is often not a patient place. The world is often, often envious. The world is often quite structured in a societal way for people of different social standing and economic standing. And so along comes somebody who goes to this group of people. Here's a wonderful message. Oh, great. We all like that. Okay, but you recognize that you are a rich person um, standing next to somebody who is very poor, or you're a person from this culture and this is a person from this culture. You're this gender, this person is this gender. You are all different people. You recognize that that now has to not matter for you. You simply need to see each other on the basis of human beings. Oh. So... Just to reiterate, love is the most important thing. And love is patient and kind and envies no one and et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love, right? Yeah, that's the end of the passage. I'm, I'm telling, I was going to say I'm telling that out of order, <laughs> yeah. but he could easily have led with that. Yeah. And then, but, but instead he kind of said, this is how it is, and that's because... Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Um, and and the, th- the thing is, of course, it's kind of like reading, it's kind of like we read that passage. Um, sorry, this is going to sound like I'm going off on a tangent here, but as much as that is a passage that's kind of a go-to for weddings, quite often at a celebration of life or a funeral for someone, we hear that passage from Ecclesiastes about how there is a time for everything. And it starts out how there's a time for anything. And then there's this list of things. And then it eventually gets to basically God wants you to live a good life. You don't need to know how much time you have. Just live well from day to day kind of thing. And you look at that and you go, that is not a particularly exhaustive list of things that there's time for. Um, And nor is it particularly relevant to the 21st century in many ways. Um, But... But I get the point. And the thing about Paul talking about love the way he does is that, that um, he says some very important things. It's patient, it's kind, it envies no one, it's not boastful or rude. Um, and, and that's great. I personally, with all due respect to Paul, I personally think he left out listening. And not just listening, but listening to understand. Because when we start to do that... Um, when we when we demonstrate our love by listening to understand, uh, we're not just sort of opening ourselves up by sharing our love. We are, in fact, inviting into ourselves the experience of someone else. And their love. Being and able their, to re- and their love. receive it as well. Right? Yeah. And and their, their grief and their hurt um, them, themselves, essentially. Right, and that's 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 a really uh, that's a the really cool thing about love uh, is that it opens us to each other, right? We talk about how it's the energy or it's the connection, um, it's the thing that binds us, right? All of that we're all we are all made of love, connected by love. It's all part of the fabric of connection. We use lots of different language, mm-hmm. 
um, and I'm sure it's inexhaustible. Um, but, but the point is, um, it's the thing that connects us to each other. But it only does that if it goes both ways. So it's not just about what we offer as love, it's about what we receive in love, right? And that's really easy when you love something. Uh, that's re really easy when you love your spouse because you know what you receive in return, their love, right? That's really easy when you love your pet, you know, your puppy because they're going to lick your nose. That's great. And it's very easy when you say, I love, um, I love freshly baked bread because you are getting something in return. I know it's an inanimate object, but you are getting something in return, right? You're getting that sort of sense of pleasure yeah. and well-being, right? You love the experience. Right. More than really the object. Yes. The so, thing about that is okay. that's easy. What's harder is loving the experience of listening to someone tell you their story when that story is full of hurt and pain and brokenness, um, like the stories of Indigenous people in Canada, yeah. like the stories of people who are part of the LGBTQ community who have experienced... Um, uh, hatred and um, disrespect and and yeah prejudice um, anybody who's been marginalized in a way that makes them feel less than um, that's 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 harder um, and it's not as simple as saying when we talk about Jesus saying love your neighbor or love your enemy it's not as easy as like it's it is easy to simply say um, it's, you have to love the people that are hardest to love. It's easy to say that, but Paul's opening words in first Corinthians 13, in that little chapter, in that little piece about love, his opening words are, I can, I can say all that, but if I don't love, I have nothing, hmm. right? I can say, I, I can say, uh, and, and, uh, and for me, be all that I want. But if there's not love in it, in like the actual action of love in it, it's nothing. It's, it's empty. It's empty. Yeah, mm. Empty. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And then he goes on to say what love is. Uh, in 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 action, right? Yeah, those aren't those aren't concrete things. They're what love is in action, and in action in relationship. Yeah. So and so yes, because everything Bingo. everything you were listing before until you got to the to the I love fresh baked bread. Everything that you were saying made me think. Well, that can only happen in relationship. How do you know I don't have a relationship with freshly baked bread? Well, I I don't want to question. I think your, we have a very positive relationship. Baked goods. I love Robin. it. I consume it. It is there. I, I love. I, I have a similar love for coffee that is undeniable. But but see, you see, you see. The thing is, I know this sounds. I know that it sound. We started to sound stupid there, Ben. Um, but I, I know it sounds like that. But the thing is, we use love in casual conversation, just like that. Yeah. Like we'll talk about being in love and it's, you know, romantic and stuff. And we talk about loving things like, you know, I love uh, freshly baked bread. You love coffee. Uh, I love my pets. I love my wife. As if all of those things were equal somehow. Right. <laughs> and the thing is that they're not equal, but they are consistent, right? They are in, in a way, right? And that consistency, I think, is around, well, here's the thing. When we talk about, when we talk about love in church, right? 
we always want to talk, be sure that we're clear. We're talking about that love that Jesus has, that all-encompassing, that agape love, right? Mm-hmm. That, and we are not talking about eros for sure, because that's the sex part. And we don't talk about that in church. And we're not talking about the, the um, um, sibling love, right? Brother or sisterly love or, or, or the, the love of a friend, companion, right? We're talking about something different. We, we're not talking about that other stuff. And I, I hate it when ministers say that because we are talking about that other stuff. Love is all that stuff. You can't separate it out and talk about right. it separately as if, as if Jesus' love, the, the love of Jesus or the love of God is only one piece. It's not. It's all that. It's and, right? right. But it's is and the, and 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 and. Is the, uh, you know, just splitting that apart into all these distinct forms of love and affection and fellowship and all these kind of similar words, but they, they mean a different expression of love, is that this attempt to avoid piling it all into the same bin and saying, well, you know, my, my love of coffee is the same as my attempt to love my neighbor and, my, and love my enemy and, and uh, send love to to people that I've never met, but want to hold that space for healing for indigenous people who are struggling right now and, and who have been wronged. Right. Like th- th- that form of love is, is nothing like my, my love for something like coffee is nothing compared to how important or powerful that love for right. human beings should be. And so we need it's, these different words, right? It's the duality, but, but okay. But again, I would say, I hear what you're saying. And it's the duality of that. It's not the either or of that. It's it's like people who go, well, all lives matter. Yes, yeah. they do. But there is a context in which it is very important to be clear that that when when people are feeling like they don't, they do. And it's important. To, so that, that's what, like, you know, Jesus, Jesus, uh, the stories of Jesus have him telling people various, uh, as he meets them, how much they matter. Mm-hmm. Not because they're just like everyone else, but because they're uniquely themselves. Yeah. And so again, here's that duality of you are unique and I love you for your uniqueness. And yet I love you because you are one of the family of creation, right? Yeah. Um, and again, and not either or. And it's it's a little bit, I was just um, looking over there at our, uh, we've got a progress pride flag for, for Sunday, of course. And in fact, the church here is full of rainbows. Yeah, I love it. It is not full of a bunch of stripes of different colors. It is full of rainbows, right? It's really easy to look at that and go, that's just a bunch of stripes of different colors. No, it's a rainbow. It stands yes, it for is. something. It's not either or, it's both those things. And so we recognize the individuality of all the colors, but we also recognize it's a rainbow. Yeah. And as a rainbow... It has different meanings for different people. Yeah. In fact, the individual colors have different meanings to different people. It's there's no doubt it's complex, um, but again, um, it it for me it kind of comes to that point where we we need to kind of stop going. It has to be either individuality or community. You can't have both. 
Because that's the whole point is you do have both. In a healthy community. In a healthy community, you have recognition of both the community and the uniqueness of the individuals. And that, I think, again, we're coming back to Paul's thing about love. That's what he was trying to tell them. And not just with that little piece about love, that that all of the image of we we are the body and and the importance of all of the parts of the body that comes from corinthians too that's paul as well right right um it, it, it's that that whole uh, in fact i i just i one of the things that there's lots to not like about paul let's be clear and there's lots to like about paul um and those images are are so i think it's so important and so meaningful uh, for precisely this reason is that it reminds us that it's an and that, that it's not a question of this part of the body is more important than the other part of the body. It's We're all important. When, when the pandemic started, we started talking about um, people like fr- frontline uh, first responders. We t- started talking about doctors and nurses and how important they were and everything. And then people started to go, so are, not but, but so are also the people who, you know, clean the the rooms and the, the the toilets in the hospital, the people who drive trucks that deliver food to the stores where there are people who work in those stores so that we can have food. And in the early days of the pandemic, very important toilet paper, apparently. But but those are all ands. They're not but. These yeah. people are it's not it's not pie where you lose a piece, right? Somebody ate your piece. No, they didn't. It's all it's uh, it's and. Yeah. We need all that. Well, I love that you have chosen to use the 1 Corinthians 13 passage in the month of June and not focus on 1 Corinthians 13 in February when it is specifically more about that romance um, of Valentine's Day and that form of love. We we could. Of course you could. And it is relevant. And that's why it's in almost every wedding ceremony, like you mentioned. But this other... um, this other way of looking at love as the glue that holds together a community or the, the way, the vehicle towards healing of injustice, all of those other things that are part of living as community and living as diverse communities and living as intentionally inclusive communities. What better time than June when we are celebrating pride and we are celebrating indigenous history in Canada to focus on that message. Again, this isn't a but or an either or, but it's an and. Every day is, this is the thing about it, every day is a day to remember this passage about love. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and let, me, let me also say, though, that the fact that it's Pride Sunday is not the only reason. Um, it's also because uh, it's in the United Church, it's Union Sunday, uh, because the 10th of June is the 90, I'm going to say 96, I hope I don't get wrong and get in trouble. The 96th anniversary of church union, right? The forming of the United Church. And reminding ourselves that Paul did not write this to people who were in love. He wrote it to people who were struggling to create community. Ought to remind us that the church has not always, not always found a way to do that, let's say. Um, And Nope, let's say that differently. The church has often sucked at living that out. <laughs> um, in fact, we have often gone in the opposite direction yeah. to the point where we look back at those things and go, 
how the heck did you think that was living the love of Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I think Paul's response to that would probably be, it's not. Yeah. This is. Um, And so it's a good opportunity for us, I think, to also reflect how not just as individuals, but as a community of, uh, of the as the church, right, which is a community of faith of people, and also as uh, as just as people, whether it's um, uh, you know our local community or a, a, as a nation um, or as as people of the world, however you want to, whatever mm-hmm. level you want to look at that, it's it's a really good. Uh, I, I think we it's a really good opportunity to look at are we living love. And whatever language you want to, I mean, you don't even have to say love, um, life, whatever language you want to use around that. You don't have to say God. You don't have to say Jesus. However you know Jesus, however you know God, however you know the Spirit, however you know that, whatever language works for you, are we living lives where we show patience and kindness and understanding to people? Um, Are we living lives where um, our inclination is to support not put down? Are we living lives where we are inclined to think of others, not just ourselves? Um, how are we, how are we living mm-hmm. that? And because all of those things contribute to not only our sense of belonging, but everyone's sense of belonging. Yeah. And, and I think that just like we as individuals can look back and think, oh my gosh, how did I think that it was okay to do that? And in the moment, had no awareness, but then looking back, you're able to see, oh, wow, I had a huge blind spot or I made a huge mistake. And as, as communities and as civilizations and as groups of people, we have that same tendency to have blind spots and to require learning and to require mm-hmm. growth. And like you, like you said in your blog uh, about this same topic, it takes work. It's, yeah. it's the doing and the living it out in action. But it's life work, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's work that... Um, it's not work like, you know, we do work. Like, it's not like going to your job or, you know, like, it, again, we use language in so many different ways and so many different levels. It's, it's good work. It's the work of living. It's the work of life. It's, it, it's the work of, of, um, of creating, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we are constantly creating. Yeah. Um, creation didn't end with, you know, chapter two of Genesis. Uh, <laughs> we are constantly creating. Yeah, we're still writing our new chapters. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really good place to leave it there, I think, for today, yeah. Robin. Uh, a little bit shorter than we are sometimes on these episodes, but um, this is such an important topic and I really enjoyed talking about it with you. Today, I'm looking forward to your sermon on Sunday uh, and hearing First Corinthians 13 again. Always... Good such a good reminder and always takes me back to my wedding um, as well uh, lots of good memories but yeah this was this was really important to talk about this month and this uh, this season that we're in and what we're going through in Canada especially so thanks for your attention to it and your thoughts on it and your heart in it thanks Ben thank you Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and you'll get alerts when we have a new episode out, which is every second Friday. Uh, And you can catch more episodes of the Six Ways from Sunday podcast on our website, risingspiritministry.com, where you can also find links to Robin's weekly blog and archives of our sermons and full uh, Sunday morning worship services there as well. 
Uh, we also have a link on the website to join us live at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Sunday mornings for worship. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, take care.